Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are, Northlanders, hour number three. And you know, from time to time, we have the pleasant opportunity to welcome a new sponsor to our show. And we're going to do that right now uh, with welcoming Cheryl Fosdick, who owns CF Design, but she also owns a brand new lighting studio, really exciting. Uh, I think, an addition to the Duluth area called Loom Studios. And uh, Cheryl, are you on the line with us? I am indeed, Brad. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. So I didn't, when I saw the uh, the wire, the information come across, I really was not too familiar with your with your uh, uh, design studio. You're a, you're a long-time <laughs> architectural firm here in the area but when i went online and started looking at some of the things you built and some of the things you've reconstructed there's some <laughs> beautiful stuff in there you've done some really nice work in the area thank you very much yes we've been around for as this company for 28 years almost is that right yeah no it, yeah we started it over made the, it. with sites building and moved downtown okay now, it, it looks to me like you will work with somebody on a home where you'll actually meet with the people, kind of talk about what kinds of things they conceptually see their home being and providing, and you'll kind of yep. work that into the whole design for them. Is that kind of it in a nutshell? Yeah, we certainly do that. About half of our work is remodeling and addition, and the other half is new projects. And uh, before we even uh, start to... Uh, the, uh, um, before we even start charging anybody for anything, we, we'd like to meet with them at their house or walk the site that they have uh, together, hear a few stories about why they picked what they did, why they live where they live, and try to figure out their culture a little bit, and, and then decide uh, what are we going to do for them. So we, we offer this free service just uh, to anybody who's interested in really working closely with an architect. Okay. Boy, I'll tell you, now some of these things that I'm seeing online that I looked at looks like some of the units that I have seen up around Hawk Ridge. Have you built some of those areas or where? Uh, I guess you're kind of all over the area, right? We are all over the place. We haven't done any work. On, we actually have one project in Hawks Ridge, and we are working on a potential development that's up in that area that has yet to be announced. So we'll see what happens with that. But we also have an office in Bayfield, Wisconsin. So our radius of work is about 300 miles. We do a lot on the island, and we do a lot up the shore all the way to the Canadian border. Well, I'll tell you, some of the things I've seen here that you've done, you've built some very outstanding, I, I guess some people might call them kind of modern development, yep. Um, yes. you know, where you're using a lot of glass, a lot of wood, a lot of uh, things that are common to our area. That's uh, right. Beautiful That's things. exactly right. Yeah, we use we try to use materials that people are familiar with, and and if it isn't broke, we don't fix it. So we do use the same materials over and over again in a lot of our projects. Some, sometimes applied in different ways, um, sometimes in more quantity or less quantity. But you pick your battles as you go through these projects. So we used to use a lot of big wood when we had big wood available, and now we have less of that, but we have more thermal wood available. So we use more thermal wood products. Well, I'm kind of excited to talk to you about this new addition. Uh, I think it's relatively new that you've now added Loom, a Loom studio. Yes. I, I'm I'm sure what happened is as you go through your architectural designs and building homes, for, you find there's a lot of different need for different types of lighting 
And maybe not some of that may not always be available. So you decided, hey, why don't I open my own uh, lighting studio? And you've done that, and it's open to the general public. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It is. It's called Loom Studio, and uh, we're right next to my my uh, architectural firm, which is across from the Sheraton. And uh, we're half uh, kind of an educational place where we just invite people to come in and experience different types of light. And we're half a, a, a procurement shop where we can purchase lighting for people and help them make decisions. And uh, we're also just literally helping our, our work at CF Design because light uh, makes building form and makes texture apparent and the light or lack of light. And so it, it, the better that we can apply the light to the projects we're designing, the more complete and uh, universal the projects are. They they read very well through all of the lights that are available, the type of light, the, the shape of the spaces read better, the colors come out better. So we're really helping ourselves by putting this together. It's not, you, you can't always find the, the best light in aisle seven over at Menards, you know, you just can't. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's great that this is open to the general public. So it's not just a service that's available to your architectural uh, clients, but it, it can be available to anybody that's just looking for some great lighting for their current home, right? Absolutely. In fact, uh, there are so many unfamiliar fixtures here. We have a lot of fixtures from Europe uh, that have never been seen before. We carry all LED lighting. That's all the light we have. And uh, that's kind of um, that's a current topic that a lot of people don't know much about. So we like to encourage people to just come down. You, we're not going to try to sell you anything. We just want you to sit have a comfortable chair. We also have some extremely nice modern furniture. And uh, take a look at the different types of light that we have to offer and how it, it comes out of the fixture, what, how it's, how it's um, spread, how uh, it reflects or refracts or, or diffuses through surfaces. There are lots of different ways the light can be delivered. And uh, we have examples of everything here, and we're more than happy to educate. So that's really why we're here. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we hope people will take the opportunity to go go to some of your uh, some of your sites, see some of the homes and, and properties that you've worked at, but also go to the Loom Studio site, L-U-M Studio site, mm-hmm. some beautiful uh, lighting structures there, and it's pretty <laughs> obvious that you're... Uh, you're there to try to help people find something that will make their home even a more comfortable place to come home to. We are, and it's also kind of interesting that it's here in Duluth. I think it's particularly pertinent that it's here in Duluth because so many of these great lights were designed in countries that are bordered by the sea and bordered by water. And there's a reason for that. If you get up every morning and you look at how the sun rises over Lake Superior, a lot of the ways oh, yeah. that we see light here in this in this town are recreated in the way these, uh, these fixtures are, are designed and developed. So we are familiar with this type of light, but we've never really... Uh, researched it here, kind of been able to see what happens when it turns into a light fixture. So people of Duluth um, know more than they think they do, and they should come down and test out their knowledge. Um, we're we're in a place by the Inland Sea instead of by the, the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean, but it's a sea nonetheless, and there are lots of things that happen here that also happen in my studio. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time this morning and spending a little time with us. We look forward to doing this again, I hope. But again, I would invite people. Uh, I think what you were just talking about, the light coming in, has uh, reflected a lot with the architectural work that you've done, too. A lot of the homes that I saw had light, big open windows that faced, obviously faced into the morning lights and 
They, mm-hmm. It looks like you'll work very closely with people in finding something that's really going to be the, of comfort and something they want to come home to. Absolutely. Architecture should be a legacy. When you do it, you do it for yourself and pass it on to your children. All right. Well, again, we've been uh, talking with Cheryl Fosdick, owner of CF Design and also Loom Studio, a, a very nice uh, lighting studio. Now, Cheryl, give us the location where you're you're across from the Sheridan, so you're right down on Superior Street? We're right down on Superior Street, just between 3rd and 4th, and uh, we look across the street at the Sheraton, and uh, we are uh, also in Bayfield, Wisconsin, and right down by the docks. So if you're in either city, stop by and take a look at the office, talk to someone, and uh, give us a point of view. All right, very good. Thank you again so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Well, there you go, Kenny. A new, uh, a, a new sponsor and a new company that has, you know, I, I did go online this morning and look at some of the sites where they built or reconstructed things. Uh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice uh, products. Exceptional, Brad. And again, their address, 230 East Superior Street. They're in Suite 102. But it's real simple. Just go to CF Design, CF Design, do a Google search. Um, the actual uh, browser uh, site is cfdesignltd.com. But, uh, yeah, it's real impressive, actually. It really is. And I, and I can see what she means by the use of the light and water, you know, making sure that all of that comes into the design decisions that are made. We've got to take our first break here of hour number three. Uh, we'll whoa, we'll whoa, be whoa. coming back shortly. Whoa. Well, what's on the docket? This is the final hour. Well, what has Brad yeah. got? Well, a couple things. First of all, I want to finish the story about uh, how Roger has first looked at some of the things he wants to accomplish right off the bat and how that tied into, or or I should say, didn't tie in. And was this a put-down by uh, Governor Tim Walls for not having any anything on the docket for Duluth specifically that was included in the bonding. And I'll, <clears throat> I will run through a little bit of the makeup of what is in the bonding bill. And well, then, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, in regards to the library, Brad, uh, they did a feasibility study. They looked at it and found that the HVAC upgrades, uh, that they found that it was a sound system. All right. So the feasibility ah, okay. study comes back. It's good. Emily just wanted to simply tear that building down and rebuild it. And part of this was, under her administration, they were proposing this new workforce center to be built in there to combine the library with a workforce center. And everyone thought that was a grand idea. And, uh, you know, Brad, when you bond, you're basically just borrowing money. It's money you got to pay back. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so I, I, I'm glad that there's been uh, a pause on this. And, you know, let's spend our money. We don't have endless uh, reserves in this city, Brad. We've got infrastructure needs. Oh Well, and I, th- and I think the mayor, the new mayor, Roger, came out and, and said, look, there's some things that we want to do. We want to make sure that the aerial lift bridge is is the kind of uh, uh, facility that will draw people to it. It always has been. We want to make sure the water treatment facility is doing its job. And 
then why not do some things on the lot D development and also the value center? And I'm glad to see that he is putting some emphasis on areas where large numbers of children really have lost. When you look at what's going on out in West Duluth, what have the, what have the children out there lost over the last couple of years? Merritt no longer has a, um, you know, whatever you call it, a meeting place, a building. Uh, their hockey rink is gone. They have, a, a, you know, a few things to replace it. Uh, you look at Irving, which used to be so active and have so many activities going on there, is basically gone. So many of those kids have had to reorganize and restructure around the Valley Youth Center, which is a wonderful facility run by great people, but really needs some help. And uh, and it looks like the mayor is willing to do that. So that's a that's a real well, plus, I'm, I think. I'm glad this lot D uh, is is a part of the conversation because this is a 12 acre brownfield site, and if you've got developers that are willing to come in here, spend some money, get this place up and going, I think it's fantastic because that really oh, is some yeah. prime real estate down there. And a brownfield site's an area that's been contaminated, so they need to do what they need to do to get that prepared for uh, sure. Um, development but at least uh, this is on the uh, on the conversation docket if you will and I'm glad if you if you want to know the potential down there just look at Pier B that that you go. facility is yeah. incredible yeah. very nice well I would even go so, further to say look things. at the Duluth Arena Auditorium that we call the deck oh yeah yeah <laughs> that was the first yeah. thing to go in That's down true. there Brad you probably yeah. remember remember better than I do and a lot of other people that used to be an area where coal docks were, oh, where yeah. the arena is. And who would yep. have ever thought that they'd have an arena auditorium there? When you look at old photographs of where, where the arena is, boy, you talk about the vision that those developers and those people, the leaders of Duluth back then, boy, that's a perfect spot for it, They too. had a great vision, yep, absolutely. And all of it, all the little pieces around it, uh, Bayfront Festival Park, all of them have been offshoots of that and have have grown. So good stuff going on down in that area. Well, anyway, let's take our first break, and uh, then we can come back and uh, talk more uh, local issues. And there's a number of things that I still want to bring up that are going on on a national basis as well. There I was back in the wild again. Fell right at home where I belong. I had that feeling coming over me again. Just like it happened so many times before. Yeah. KDAL time is 127. We'll take down that Ted Nugent music. That was Nugent. That's okay. Ted. Fred Bear, great song. Uh, Ted Nugent hails from the great state of Michigan. Today, Brad, is National Michigan Day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Michigan, you know, the great lake state. The great state. The great, yeah. The Wolverine state. Uh, now, would that be upper or lower Michigan? <laughs> it's all the above. It's the uh, okay. UP and the... Uh, Area down below, and you know Michigan does border Minnesota. It it does. Well, it does in Lake Superior. Oh well, yeah, yeah. 
The yes, waters yeah, of Lake Superior that make up Minnesota's border do touch Minnesota, I'm sorry, Michigan's Lake Superior water borders. So we're connected. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And, of course, you hey, know, Ted got... Nugent's from Michigan. What more do you need? Yes. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Kill it and grill it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Say, I got a I got a question to ask you. Yeah. So I see this morning in the Duluth News Tribune, uh, there's a, there was a little piece about that we have three, not one, not two, but three local area boys basketball players that have been chosen as uh, they've been announced as finalists for Minnesota Mr. Basketball selection wow. for this year. Awesome. Isn't that something? Three. Now, one is Cherry's Isaac Asuma, and I've read some stories about him. He is phenomenal. I guess he and his brother both are on that team, and uh, they're both, uh, you know, I guess just really incredible athletes. In fact, you don't want to go up against Cherry basketball with the two of them on it. They're they're really something. And then Hermantown's Abe Sumas, uh, is is on it. He's one of the other players. He's a he's a six foot four forward for Hermantown that has broken the single game scoring record twice this season for Hermantown. Guess who the third player is? Is he from Esco? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get that one by you, could I? <laughs> yeah, it's Co- it's Esco's Coy Parish. This kid must be just an un- incredible athlete, huh? Yeah, it really is something. Uh, Chris Dahlberg, uh, you got to be pretty proud of that kid from ESCO that's uh, going to go to the University of Minnesota to play football. You know what, uh, gentlemen? Uh, I'll tell you, before this, uh, before I was out in Florida, I knew nothing about this. And so I went to Disney Springs with my buddy, Tom Nemec, and he's an ESCO yep. Eskimo. We graduated together. Okay. And, and we went and we went to what is it called the, the the Blues Brothers or whatever establishment there and had a meal. But he said, "I got to show you this guy, Toy. What is it, Parrish? Coy Parrish. Yeah. And he, and he says, "I got to show you this guy because you wouldn't believe it." And he was he had a man crush on this kid. <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, he was so excited about this guy, and he said. He said, you look at these football guys, and they showed him jumping to uh, do uh, an interception. Another one he did was, I think he jumped over, he literally jumped over somebody when they're trying to tackle him. And yeah. The, the guy has something like uh, a 40-inch vertical jump, and it's, it's almost he, unheard of. He's and got, he, like, springs in his legs. The kid right. is just incredible. And, they said they matched him against other prof- ones that went off to be professional sports that were top ones and top draft picks. And he said this yeah. is of the same caliber right now. And they said he's just an athlete beyond what they've ever seen. So, and I, I was totally Chris, oblivious to this till I got out to Florida. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris, he was recently uh, chosen uh, to be in the uh, high school All American Bowl, where they bring the best high school football players from all over the country together and put them in two teams, an East and a West team. And he was selected to be a member of the team. 
At the end of the game, he was chosen as the All-American player of the game. He intercepted a pass, knocked down another pass, ran a kickoff back. The kid is just phenomenal. He, he was, and the, the interesting thing, what I understood, is that usually it goes to people like quarterbacks and that, you, you know, recognition. Oh, yeah. Or fullbacks yes. or halfbacks. And I think, was he playing a safety? I can't remember what he's his He's a safety. Was. Yep. But, he's but a safety. Said, right. And I saw, I saw those plays, and I go, my goodness. So, um, well, hey, on to, I know, that's great. On to Dahlberg office. Uh, but I know it's great what he's doing. Let's go Esco. But uh, yep. I thought I would talk uh, quickly about listeners out there. This is a tough subject that comes in estate planning. Uh, parents a lot of times will come and say, I don't know, uh, I feel bad about giving unequally to my children. And the one thing is, I as an estate planner can't tell you how much each kid should get, but I have 20 years of experience, and I can tell people when they come into my office, I say, don't feel bad, this happens, here's the things to consider. But people will come in, and they might have four kids, right? And they say, two kids have been there for me all the time, thick and thin. They said the other yes. two kids lived right down the block, two different directions. He said when we broke our ankle, uh, they never came by once. Never be- the other one drove 40 miles uh, every other day to bring me a hot right. meal. This is an example. And then people say to me, I feel kind of, you know, Minnesota, we're Minnesota nice. They go, I kind of feel bad. I should treat all the kids. <laughs> And or do you think I should do this? What do you think I should do? I can't tell my my estate planning clients you're going to do this, but I'll say, don't feel bad. You're not alone. So that's where I bring my experience as an estate planner. So for the listeners, right. if all of a sudden this rang true to you and said, boy, Dahlberg knew my family, <laughs> I got to call him. <laughs> call the Dahlberg law office two one eight seven two two five eight zero nine two one eight seven two two. Uh, 5809 will take care of you, and hopefully we can get this Esco Eskimo uh, recruited to the Vikings uh, team real quick. Well, right? <clears throat> you know, he's already, he has already signed an agreement uh, to be a member of the Minnesota Golden Gopher football team. Uh, in fact, he was, their, he was their top recruit. They thought they were going to lose him to, uh, to uh, um, who was it? Oh, uh, Ohio State. Ohio State was going after him big time, but he he decided to commit to the University of Minnesota. So he's he was their number one pick with the U of M, and uh, he's just phenomenal. It's going to be fun to watch. It will be. You take care, listeners. Yep. Thanks, Brad. All right. You as well. Thanks. Well, Kenny, how are we doing on time? Do we have to do our uh, CBS news break, or did we do that? Uh, we're uh, yes, we need CBS. Yes. Okay, let's do that, and then we'll come back. KDAL time is 140.0 in Eveleth, and that might be their high today. They might see one, maybe two above in Eveleth today, but tonight they're going to dip back down uh, below zero. They're going to see maybe 13 below tonight in Eveleth, and then tomorrow, more cold, just like today. Cold, blustery, uh, Friday night, even colder than tonight. 16 below Friday night. Quit? Now, Saturday, they'll, quit? See, they'll see a little relief, sunny and 9 above for Eveleth, Virginia, and the parts of the Iron Range. So a little milder on Saturday, not much, but they're going to start seeing things get even milder Sunday into Monday. Chance of snow over the weekend, primarily Sunday night into Monday on the Iron Range. Yeah. But right now, zero in Eveleth, northwest wind at 8, so... 
uh, wind chill, minus 14 in Eveleth. And Brad, I got to tell you, I love our listeners. Not that yeah. way. Not that way. You know, I love no, them in the I way mean, that I appreciate them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So do I. Absolutely. I, yes. I got a phone call from a listener, and he said he wanted to, us to know that you were talking about the basketball teams and Cherry. Well, yes. he let me know that this Saturday at Benilde St. Margaret High School in the Twin Cities, St. Louis Park, Benilde St. Margaret High School will be the scene of the Wisconsin versus Minnesota border battle in basketball. And one of the top teams in Wisconsin, at least in their division, I know, I think they're number one in their division, and in this part of uh, uh, Wisconsin, northwest of Wisconsin, Solon Springs will play the Cherry Tigers. Wisconsin versus Minnesota in basketball this Saturday at Benilde St. Margaret. So, yeah. You know, that's pretty big-time stuff, really. I mean, Yeah. And you consider these these kids coming out of Cherry. I mean, the uh, the uh, the two brothers, I guess, have had an effect on the whole team. In fact, the whole team has kind of rallied around and made themselves better because the because the quality of those two guys. But uh, it's going to be fun. I, yeah, I look forward to seeing how that comes out. Say, by the way, speaking of sports tonight, uh, the Minnesota Wild are playing at what time against Tampa Bay? Uh, let's see, where are we here? Uh, they're going to play Tampa six o'clock. Drop of the puck. You can listen on WDSM seven ten AM. The game, and uh, boy, we're going to have issues going forward trying to watch our hockey and baseball teams. I don't know what's going on. You know, there there was a piece this morning in the Duluth News Tribune, actually a little bit of piece in, in uh, St. Paul and Pioneer Press, too. Um, evidently, Amazon is is getting involved in this a little bit. Uh, what what we're talking about, of course, is that that uh, the organization Valley Sports North that has been kind of carrying wild hockey, twins baseball. Um, there's been some problems there with the organization, with the underlying organization, Diamond Sports, who filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. And evidently Amazon has come to the rescue and has come in and pumped up Diamond Sports. And uh, it looks like they're going to kind of help them out, which is going to keep the organization a little bit. The agreement with Diamond Sports' largest creditors allows it to emerge from bankruptcy and continue operations um, to prevent a total collapse of the regional sports network. Now, I don't know how that's going to affect the Twins, um, but the Wild and Timberwolves are under contract with Bally Sports for another year. I understand the Twins aren't, and I don't know. The Twins agreement with Bally expired after last season. The team is shopping for a new broadcast partner. I don't know how that's going to work out. Also, Brad, I want to pass along to you and your listeners uh, that it was two below this morning at the Army Corps of Engineers in the uh, Canal Park area. It was minus two. And over the last several days, we've been below zero. And there is finally uh, a coat of ice on the big lake. (laughs) Good. Now, it's just kind of spotty in places, but there is ice on the big lake. And I am not suggesting to anybody to try to go out on that to ice. To try to go out there, no. Don't be don't that do fool. That. 
Um, no, 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 no. Not now. But there no. is ice on the big lake here. And the last ship on the Great Lakes, at least coming to Duluth and Superior, arrived early this morning. So all the oh, ships, yeah, okay. they're all in port. They're all here. Good. And now they're going to do uh, wintertime maintenance while they're here. I believe eight. Eight uh, ships are here to uh, have maintenance done. So they'll get that done. And shipping season's over for now. Say one uh, one last word for you on the wild, if I could. Uh, as I was reading St. Paul Pioneer Press this morning, our captain, Spurgeon, Yeah, it looks like there's a potential that he could be gone for the season. Not good. No, not at all. They, uh, they claim the injury, the second injury that he had, he's only played 17 games this year. Well, I know he came back after being out for a while. He came back uh, yes. a week or so ago, and then he left right. again. So he apparently re-injured, re-aggravated what his problem was. Well, no, was. It, wasn't, it wasn't the same. It turned out that the, the first injury to him during the preseason against Chicago was an upper body injury that oh. kept him out for the first 8-10 games. Then he came back got dinged up with a knee injury that they weren't sure what was going on. He was off for a day or two, then came back for another five or six games, but didn't really feel like himself. And he's had some ongoing issues with that knee, evidently have had it scoped, huh. and doesn't look good. So we're That's just not good. He's our of, captain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we talked so, about wild hockey on WDSM tonight. Uh, Five forty-five on the pregame. Uh, wild hockey tonight, seven ten a.m. Right here on KDAL, both six ten a.m. and one hundred three point nine FM. We got Gopher basketball, Brad. Gophers and Michigan State. Five o'clock pregame. Now they've been doing pretty good until this last game. They yeah. did fall to somebody, but uh, but they they look like they're very competitive this year. Uh, say, I want one thing about the funding for government. You know, we're in the process of being very, very close to where government has to shut down. And we just heard on our CBS News that uh, the Senate has agreed on a, another short-term continuation borrowing deal. But it now has to go back to the House. And I'll tell you what, doesn't look real promising at the House. According to a story this morning, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich said Wednesday that he hopes House Republicans stand firm as their Senate counterparts negotiate a deal with Democrats on border border security, Ukrainian funding, and funding for the for Israel for Israel uh, in their show. Uh, Newt Gingrich said, "I hope the House Republicans stand firm and tell the Senate Republicans." We want a real border bill or nothing. So we'll see how that plays out. But Speaker Mike Johnson, uh, who's a Republican from Louisiana, met with President Biden and congressional leaders at the White House Wednesday afternoon to discuss a national security supplemental package requested by the president. Biden wants Congress to pass a bill in additional aid to Ukraine Israel and Taiwan, boy, we sure seem to want to take care of everybody else, but House Republicans are adamant that Biden must first agree to their demands on border security before any more taxpayer dollars flow to the Ukraine. So 
What's your what's your odds on this one, Kenny? Do you think you think the House Republicans will really stand their ground with the potential of the country going uh, basically into a shutdown mode? Uh, no, uh, I don't. No, I, I don't. Mean, we haven't I, seen it. No, and, and there's been, uh, dare I say, opportunities to do that. Yes. Yes, there has been, and uh, you know, the, there is a wing of the uh, Democrat or the Republican Party, the the far right uh, group, that is very, very solid in stating we're not going to support anything that is temporary unless we get a border, unless we get a real bill where there's some closure to the border. Um, but. Like you say, I think, you know, what will happen is that uh, Speaker Johnson will end up having to pull together as much Republican support as he can. And then he'll be it'll be supplemented with re, with Democrats. It'll cross over and support it because they want to see it going. But I would not hold my breath hoping hoping that we will see any closure of the southern border, which is an absolute disaster and absolutely wide open. But we got to take our Minnesota news break and then we'll come back with more. Updates brought to you by Lady O'Collins Emporium, 31 West Superior Street, a place of magic in downtown Duluth, 722-2240. That's Lady O'Collins Emporium. KDAL time 155, currently four above at the National Weather Service in Duluth, minus 10 on the wind chill, northwest wind at 8. And uh, we're going to be cold tonight. We might uh, see uh, 8 below uh, tomorrow. Cold again, Brad, single digits uh, for highs. And uh, again, today is National Michigan Day. Did you know that Michigan has a state fossil? A state fossil? Yeah. And that's no, well, the it's state not me. It's oh, not me. <laughs> it's not. It should be. The state fossil of Michigan is a mastodon, and mastodons oh. are similar to woolly mammoths, but they were shorter and stockier. Uh, but they lived extensively uh, throughout the state of Michigan, upper and, and lower. I assume. So they roamed through that period during the uh, many you know. mastodon yeah. skeletons have been found in Michigan. There you go. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, let me just wrap up this story about the funding bill, because I I agree with Kenny. I don't think anything is going to get done here. Johnson, the Speaker of the House, uh, he speaks a good story. He said, look, we're not playing politics with this. We're demanding real transformative policy change because that's what the American people need and deserve. And that's what we're demanding as well. However... (laughs) You know, he's got to be a realist there, and they're not going to get any support from the Democrats, and they don't want to see uh, the government shut down. Uh, the proposed national security package that they're negotiating and fighting over includes $61.4 billion more billion for the Ukraine, which, well, that's a whole different story. We don't have time to talk about it. $14.3 billion for Israel, with about $10.6 billion allocated for military aid. $13.6 billion for some border security provisions and significant investments in Indo-Pacific security assistance, totaling about $7.4 million. That's Taiwan. Additionally, there is $9 billion earmarked for humanitarian aid in Ukraine, Israel, and Gaza. In other words, 
now that Hamas has in has invaded Israel and Israel rose up and just tore the snot out of them, now we're going to come in and pay back and build rebuild some of the Gaza area that was destroyed. That makes no sense at all. Johnson said he wanted clarity from Biden on Ukraine's end game and strategy, accountability for funds and assurance that Ukraine will not be another Afghanistan. But you know that's that's what we're facing here, and I don't I don't know that you're going to be able to see Johnson and some of the Republicans holding their ground. <clears throat> anyway, we're just about out of time here. I do want to tell you though, Kenny, to end up with. Uh, this Fannie Willis out of Georgia, Fulton County, she is getting in deeper and deeper trouble every day. Now other attorneys from the state of Georgia have come out and said, and these are Democratic attorneys, have come out and said she's got to go. She she cannot prosecute this case against Donald Trump uh, without being fully kicked off the program completely. And tomorrow... When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about it because there is more and more information coming out all the time. But stay warm, people. It's going to be cold out there, so stay warm, and we'll come back at you tomorrow right here on 610 KDAL with more Sound Off. Bulldog hockey. Let's go!